0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for September 16th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com.
1: I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHeads.com.
0: This week we decided to preview the Central Division. That will take up the lion's share of the podcast. But there were a couple signings that happened since the last time we were on. And we're going to lead with that. Before we get into the Central, uh, which one of the signings did you want to start with?
1: Start with neck. I think that was the more, I don't know, extreme of the, the signings that, that got completed.
0: Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, 6.6 6 with an infinity sign million is <laughs> was, um, you know, that's not no money but I think the team did pretty good here
1: I think the team's done really well like I i said in previous podcasts that I thought they were running the risk of of, you know running past the neck out of town because he wanted X amount and you have a look at what his results have been he probably I would have assumed deserved a little bit more than that but Hey, give the general manager credit. He's, he's managed to, to bring him in on only only six years, so it's not eight. Um, so they haven't got him past, you know, into his 30s. He'll be 28, 27, when he wraps up. I'd want him for eight. No, I get that argument. But if, you, if you're if you going to go hard on the whole aging curve thing, it's like...
0: I think it's a nice temperature.
1: It's brilliant. Like a six by six is by six 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 forever. Um you no, know, but it's a good deal. I think he's done really, really well. And I was expecting him to screw this up and he, he hasn't. The GM. Well done, Boston. Yeah, the GM. I was really expecting him to screw this up and he hasn't. So give him give him credit where credit's due.
0: Yeah, he's a great player. He really is. Yes. They uh was he a first rounder? I can't even recall.
1: Yeah,
0: first round, twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. That's that's that is solid value at number twenty five overall. Yeah. I enjoy watching yeah. him play. So.
1: It, for me, it's great because it keeps that first line together. <laughs> you know, if if he if you left, you never know what's going to happen if you end up at a different club or anything like that. But to be able to see him Bergeron and and go again will be great.
0: And Such Bergeron's great. marshawn has been as good of a goal scorer as anybody recently. Yeah. Uh, Pasternak will be the kind of guy that can kind of complement the other guys as they age on their long contracts.
1: Yeah, yeah. He it'll be it'll be interesting to see because right now he doesn't have to be the possession driver on that line. The other two do a bulk of that work, and obviously um, Bergeron does a majority of that work for that line, but as their ability to be as brilliant at that start to decline, if Pasternak is worth the the 6.6 that they've, they've given him, um, he will, will have to pick that slack up to make the longevity of that line continue as a top quality first line in the league. So. That'll be the, the challenge for, for Pasnak and the, the coaching staff. Will be when that, you know, the scales do tip and the other two guys can't drive the line. Is he capable as a, as a winger to drive the line as well?
0: Yeah, I guess I don't have too much more unique to add to that because it's just a really good player and good value for the team.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good. It sucks because I'm not a Boston fan, the fan, but you know, it's good for them.
0: The, uh, Brian Little? Yeah. Um, really a grossly underrated player for a very long time. He's been very good for uh, not only, I think,
1: Atlanta. Now he was great in Atlanta. He actually almost won me my fantasy league one year when he was playing next to Kovalchuk. Oh, okay um i keep going where the hell are all these points coming from and it was literally little so um yes i have um i've always kept a close eye on him since then for that reason and yeah he just under the radar you don't you don't really think much about him
0: so six years 5.29 you said yep and uh
1: that's worrying the length
0: this that that contract length is a little bit worrying because he's 29 right now, and you're talking about a Jets team that does have some younger forwards coming through their system, as we will discuss when it gets to to them for the central preview.
1: Yeah, it's the, it,
0: the, it, it's a tough spot.
1: The thing for me is all the. Like, he's got no movement clause in the first three years, and he's got a modified no trade clause in the last three years. The thing for me with some of these contracts, with the length of them, if teams were able to get the six years without these clauses in them, it would give the team some flexibility to start moving some players around. So they don't have that flexibility at the moment, and I don't know if they'll ever get it, because as soon as they're getting... No movement clauses and no trade clauses are getting thrown out like candy at the moment, and teams lock themselves in. They they can't... They're obviously so worried they were going to lose him that they cave on that to try and shrink down or reduce the cap hit per year. I I really hope that... He's still
0: under contract for his current contract this year, right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: I think even though I like the player a lot. I think you almost have to have the guts to trade
1: him. But the thing is, this particular general manager, doesn't do that kind of stuff. He's so conservative.
0: I don't disagree. I just think six years, that's a tough... um...
1: That takes it through to 36. And he's, as much as, like you said, as much as you like the player and I like the player... He's not shown me anything through his career that suggests that the decline from his peak is not going to be steepish.
0: I guess it's GMs are really banking guess... on a lockout.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, and like we discussed in the podcast last week, I'd love to see the entire salary structure change with their RFAs and general managers being able to pay for... Current or future performance, rather than previous performance, which is what seems to be happening when players hit UFA at twenty-seven, twenty-eight, their best is gone. Doesn't have it. Ha- doesn't
0: have to happen, but you
1: know, it 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 does. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. It's just I look at it. It just frustrates me a little bit when you see a guy like Brian Little you know, finally get paid, which you're like, Winnipeg is screwing themselves over by paying him this amount for this length of time into that age bracket where it can all go pear-shaped pretty quickly for hockey players.
0: Yeah. So we'll probably uh talk a little bit more about his fit with the other players on the roster in just a little bit.
1: Uh, anything else before we hit the central?
0: Nope. I think we can dive into a division that neither of us is going to come close to predicting successfully.
1: I think there is only one thing we can both successfully predict.
0: <laughs> the team we'll talk about first.
1: <laughs> Bingo! You can start.
0: All right, Colorado. <laughs> I... I I don't know how you... Ha- you. C- I don't know how that's not the answer to this before the season starts. Right? I mean, like, you look at all the other teams.
1: This team is terrible. And it's not like they haven't got, you know, world-class talent on it either. That's the thing that's bizarre.
0: Yeah, um... And we don't know what's going to happen with Duchesne yet, other than I'd like to say that he's going to be moved. But as far as return goes, I, I your guess is as good as mine. So it makes it uh, a little bit tough to truly predict the team before a like a pretty sizable <coughs> trade is going to happen, impact at least. And, you know, I think even if Colorado quote-unquote, wins the trade. I, I don't think there's enough that could leapfrog them over the other six.
1: Not for this year, not for a couple. I mean, they're, they're in that... The Patrick Ra era screwed this roster over. Adrian Data wrote that book, "Stay by War. Well, no, he totally screwed this franchise. Gave them a false sense of what they actually were and where they were in their development. And... They loaded up on the wrong sorts of players around the young stars. They went they went for the whole, we need veterans too early, and lost their development pipeline. And because of that, you've got guys like Nate McKinnon, Matthew Duchesne, Gabriel Landis, Cog, um, sitting there with a whole bunch of nobodies around them, and there's no development there. Yeah, and they, you know, they... They
0: like to needle their best players instead of the bad ones.
1: Well, they're not the only franchise that does that, but yes, you're exactly right. It does, certainly doesn't help in regards to keeping your your best players around. I mean, they've only got four listed defensemen rostered at the moment in HL level, and that's including the Zadarov signing that just happened. So I don't know where this franchise is going and, and, and what they're doing. It's like. They need to clean slate from GM down, really and and start again How you sell that to to the fan base that was you know sort of promised the world from said GM and said former coach I don't know
0: Well the longer they stick with uh, captain Joe the that number nineteen isn't as good as the other 19 GM that's for sure.
1: And it's so rare for, I stand by this in almost any sport, it is so rare for superstar players to work as a coach or as a general manager. doesn't matter where you're at. It's such a rare thing to occur. Um, Heaps of players over here in the AFL who have been absolute champions of the game have tried their hand at coaching, just can't do it. They, they can't teach what they understood about the game, and then they get frustrated, and then it all just goes better shape. Sakic might be able to see what goes on on the ice, but he has no idea how to compile a team.
0: Well, the sample so far would agree with you.
1: you know, not everybody can be lucky like Stevie Y, and you know, be great at what went on on the ice, and also be able to, to put a, a team together.
0: You said Zadarov signed, and I think that deal was actually pretty reasonable.
1: Yeah, 2 by 215 so.
0: They need him to be good. I mean, they gave up Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> and haven't really gotten much from it. I guess JT Comfer is the, the prospect player that they might crack.
1: In this year,
0: I, I don't know where well, he is. That's,
1: that's the thing with that's the thing with the with trades. You can use O'Reilly for the exact same situation that Duchesne's in, right? You can never really tell whether you get back enough of a return for a player like O'Reilly or Duchesne until all the pieces that you've acquired have come through the system and have played, or you've traded those those you know assets away to get other things back for a return. Um, But it's not looking great for that O'Reilly trade. For starters, they totally undervalued how he really was. um, So they were never really going to get back what they wanted. They can see the actual value in what Matt Duchesne is, but they're still not going to get value back for it. So if Comfort doesn't pan out and, and Zanarov doesn't turn out to what they've got, then they got some serious punishment for that particular try
0: yeah I it, it was a loss I'm comfortable saying that right now <laughs> no matter what happens with
1: the <laughs> with I just the don't formation. see Zadorov
0: ceiling making like huge dents and conference 22 and hasn't really gotten his NHL career going not to say he can't be an NHL player but you know, if we're talking a high-end forward, you'd think the, he'd break in on a bad team by now.
1: Yeah, that is sort of the expectation
0: there. Um, I don't got is much that, more to is, say about them. I'm just curious where you're going next here. I, I, I think we might agree. Oh, but... I don't know about
1: that. All right, okay, let's move on from, from Colorado. Cause, yeah, I don't really about. want to um,
0: talk about them. I yeah. guess that's what...
1: I, I am ready to say this, and I am ready to get... I think we're going with the same thing. You're going to say Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I okay. think I think you have to. Yeah, there's two parts to this for me. It's the, yes, Chicago has fallen back a little bit, right? Um, and substantially considering, you know, the fact they've lost hosts and and chance and and things like that. But for me, it's also about the improvement of the other teams in the division as well. So um, I'm putting Winnipeg above Chicago basically because I trust the fact that Steve Mason will be better than Andre Pavlik, and that was basically what was destroying Winnipeg. So the natural progression for, for me with Chicago dropping is Winnipeg being better. But this team is just so shallow now, Chicago. What if Duncan Keith gets hurt? Yeah, but you can't. He never gets hurt, does he? Yeah, he's he was out for a while, one year. Well, then they're in trouble. But you know, it's it's one of those things where you get any team structured this top heavy, and it's that same question about four players.
0: I don't know. I mean, Keith and Chalmerson being split, you you got something to work with. Most. Of the night. Now Connor Murphy's there, Chalmerson's gone, and Duncan Keith's still very
1: good, but a year older. Like, there's nothing else on that defense. And are they going to make Keith or Murphy carry Seabrook around? I think I know the answer to that. Yeah, the
0: Seabrook contract's going to start to... um, You know, we, we certainly weren't very high on that deal when it was announced, and eventually that money that they're paying him is just sunk in costs because the decline had started before the extension was signed.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the thing for me is I suppose if Debrinkat comes up and, and is awesome, then that's great. But you're relying on Debrinkat to come in and play a major role. And like, like you kind of want a guy like to bring Cat to come in and just be a complimentary player on a line. He, they're not going to get that luxury with him. He's either going to have to come in and, and play the nine games and blitz, and they go, all right, we'll keep him. It's going to be worth it, or send him back. So I don't know. I mean, this, who knows? Patrick Cahen is, is he a
0: send him back candidate?
1: I thought he was. I could have. I could have that role. <laughs> Because he was playing with
0: Connor McDavid in juniors. Uh, I'm
1: trying to find it. No, he's exempt from the 50 standard player contract limit. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, but he's, he's a junior, not a minor. So, he's a junior level player. So, I reckon he's in that Daniel Sprong spot. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I reckon... Yeah. So, well, I've only heard good things about him. Since you know the um, the rookie camps have come up and all that sort of stuff, and things are looking good there, so I just don't see where this thing's going to get it done unless they just dominate from their top top line players and they just get through. But they're down one of them. Yeah, Hall of Famer as well. At that,
0: like even Hosa and Decline is very good. Yeah. Like I don't hate the Sod trade because Panarin's going to get a huge raise coming up, and they can't really swallow that. Like, and and Saad's Yeah. six mil and great value, and he's going to be good well, throughout yeah. his contract.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a good, very good player. Him in his own right, I think Panarin's a better fit for them. Like well, Taves, but, uh, Taves is a good. Very good player. So you got Anisimov, Panarin Kane on a line. That's a great line. Taves should be able to to be average at lowest on a on his own line. So you got a good yeah. top six, but now, you know.
1: Yeah, it gets it's tough. Sad but... would
0: probably go with um Taves maybe, and then Kane's kind of got a Nisimov. But what what else is over there? I guess, you know, I have no problem with trying Patrick Sharp for like dirt cheap, like they are. But don't know what you're going to get from that.
1: You're out. That's the thing. If you bring Patrick Sharp in for under a mil, and he gets to play third line minutes, second line power play, and you know, spot replacement when guys are injured or stuff like that. That works out well. But if you're having to rely on him to be your second-line winger, that's where the depth starts to shallow out because the volume of minutes that Patrick Sharp will have to pay at the age of 35, it's it's three or four minutes extra a night across 82 games. It takes its toll. So it just it just gets tough. That's Been it. dinged up. Yeah. And you had to pay Kane and Taves what they did. It's the price you... You have to pay when they, they got those really good bridging deals. There was there was this was the cost of that. Um, you know, they got Duncan Keith on one of those wonderful backdiving deals and Marion Hosnor on one of those wonderful back diving deals, um, that allowed them to get out from a an aging host of contract. So things aren't all bad for them, but they are gonna heavily rely on the guys that make the money. Crawford's going to have to be the Crawford that a lot of Chicago fans think that he is. Crawford um, has been good. Correct. If, if, if there's any, and they, they don't have, um, they, oh. Darling? Thank you. They don't have Darling there if, if Crawford does go through a two or three week stint where it, it goes all screwy on him. Like this division's tough. You can't really afford to have a two or three week losing streak. Where you go one and eight or something, and all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the bottom of the ladder. That's just sort of how it's gonna work in this div this year, I think.
0: They're in the hell of a division. <laughs> you know? Well
1: it, it, you know, I don't think of,
0: they're like a bad team to be in second to last place, but hey. that's the
1: thing. Every everyone above Chicago, a potential playoff team. That's that's the thing, and so Chicago. There's only one team I think can't make the playoffs out of this division, and that was the one we started with. Everyone else could make it. I mean, everything could go right for Chicago, and they could end up second or third in the division.
0: Yep, that's probably not going to win us many fans in the Windy City, but I, I don't know how else to... The first two are the only ones I was confident with.
1: See, I wasn't, this is the thing. I'm not even confident with Chicago. I'm not confident.
0: <laughs> no, confident in that I knew what I was going to be doing.
1: Oh, okay, right. Well, that's different then, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm curious to see if the streak continues here.
1: Uh, I don't think it will. I've got Nashville next. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> okay. I did not have that. Who'd you yet? have? I had St. Louis. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've got St. Louis quite high, actually.
0: Okay, so basically we have Minnesota. Or I'm sorry, uh, it flipped. I bet. Okay. What do you we mean? We can go with Nashville, even though I don't agree.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll do that, and then we'll, yeah, okay, because
0: it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're doing all the teams. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I know.
1: Um, well, I did this because Alice is out for a long time, and I know they've got a great back six, but they need Alice. To help them out, and I just think, like any team, they'll struggle a little bit after the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's all. Uh,
0: I forgot about the Ellis thing, so that's fair.
1: So So, the thing for me putting Nashville here is that when that makes them one, two, three, four, that makes them five in the division, they could still make the playoffs and do exactly what they did last year and come from eight. So I'm not doing this to say they're not going to make the playoffs and they're toast and everything's done. It's just a realistic assessment of the fact that this division is fucking hard to predict. And they've got one of their best puck moving defensemen out. And that's tough to recover from.
0: I think they can absorb that. Not like absorb it, but you know what I mean? Like, Yep, they, totally. They've got three other guys
1: that they can really lean on. Yep. They weren't fantastic last year. Don't forget, everybody. They scraped in. Yes, they were playing some great hockey at the end of the year. They, you know, 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins, really, came on strong at the end of the year and pushed all the way through. So which particular Nashville Predators are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that, that, you know, bulldozed their way through the West? in the the finals, or are we going to see the team that was ridiculously inconsistent throughout the year and, um, you know, struggle to make the playoffs? So I don't... This is the thing. We can often get recency bias in the last version, iteration of the team that we saw. There are some good players that can come in and help them out. You know, is Nick Bonino really the answer at third-line centre that they think he is? So that's going to be... Because their depth is what made them so good, and that's why losing Ryan Johansson in the playoffs killed them when it came to playing against Pittsburgh. So I just... I don't know. It's why they're dead last.
0: Well, I suppose to support your theory, is going to have to back last year up. He hasn't really consistently done that sort of stuff. Not lately. No. So he's got to play at the level he did last year if he dips then then yeah i, I suppose your hypothesis here gains some traction because if he plays poorly they're screwed
1: i mean what what's the expectations of, of selamaki improving at the age of 24 from what he is i get the kevin fiala expectations at 21 and oh Victor yeah Arth-
0: i have fiala written down i know he broke his leg but good yeah. player He'll continue to get better.
1: I, and then you know, losing
0: James Neal for nothing
1: is a tough blow. Yeah, it, it's like where do where do they recover that goal scoring? As much as I think James Neal is a dick, the guy can fill the net. So th- there are there are questions over this this particular iteration of the of the Nashville Predators that things worry me a little bit about them because you know Victor Arvidsson got paid as he should, and they need him to probably go one year better before he hits his peak. They probably want, you know, year 25 to to be his peak year. You know, Johansson is 25. You're probably not going to get much more production out of him than you previously have. Philip Forsberg, 23, probably will be better than what he was. You're not going to get more out of Hartnell than you've seen previously. You know what, though? I, I, I like that. No, no good signing. But, but he's not going to... He's not gonna light the lamp everywhere, if you know what I mean. So that's the it's the tough one. Like, what are the expectations out of Sissons and Arberg in regards to giving them more offense to fill what they lost from? I don't I don't th- yeah. really think much of Sissons, I don't think. No, that's my point. Like, I can't. You look at the age of all these guys. And Yarn only... Kroc
0: has to do more.
1: Yeah, but he's 25. So what what are are your actual scoring expectations out of a guy that hasn't listed the league? That's probably the one thing that I'm mentally starting to work out now with ageing curves is that what you get from somebody between the ages of like 22 and and 25 is what you're going to get. You're not really going to get much more out of them. It's just going to slowly fall away. So I don't know where Nashville are going to find this extra scoring for them, unless it all comes from the the back end and they drive it from there.
0: Well, you've made a convincing case.
1: Finally. Yay! All right, so who did you have there instead of Nashville? Uh, St. Louis. All right, so let's go to Louis.
0: You know, I'm not <laughs> preface Actually, a lot this of with everything like... that we're saying. is I, I don't know. I just don't know. But I had St. Louis there.
1: Yeah, but a lot of the I'm looking at that roster now, and a lot of the arguments I just made for Nashville, you can lay them out for this St. Louis team as well.
0: And a big part of, you know, why I'm not thinking too much of them is you know, Schattenkirk. See you later. Now you got Pierico and Pietrangelo, who are both good,
1: and Boeester, <laughs> who's too old, and Gunnison. That's yeah. There's not much else there. Yeah, the thing that I find hilarious is I actually had them third
0: jake allen was i was was he okay last year i thought he turned
1: it around yeah he um and that's the thing like i have a feeling i may have put st louis third purely on name recognition reputation how bad's that
0: i think Berglund's out for months
1: oh god if that's the case then yeah i've totally got this wrong but i mean you got vlad and vlad's fun to watch and at least Pietrangelo and Payareko can get the puck to him, so that's going to be good. Stasny's good, Steen.
0: I'm really interested to see if there's a drop off there. I like Schwartz. I like um, Braden Chen, uh leaving
1: oh, uh, Philly but... and coming there. Yeah, well, by then it's there, so that'll be fine.
0: Oh, for ten games, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the forward, I'm. Uh, they they need to uh, get, um, uh, not get going per se, but just just uh, start his career as a regular as a fa- Fabry.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing.
0: But I see Chris Thorburn there and Brodziak and Sunquist. Those... Pajarvi seems to still be a thing.
1: Sounds like a disease when you say it that way. I don't Um,
0: know.
1: I just yeah. Um, I think about what I just said, and I have a feeling it was a historical. Let's put them third, as opposed to put them in natural slot. I think you're right. There's not a lot there to be excited about. It is a blah roster. And I don't know about their coach. Is it Yo? Yeah, I just just don't know. True, but the thing with a guy like Hitchcock is that you can take a lesser roster and shut it down. It's hard to be an expansive and an aggressive team when you don't have the horses to do it. And Yo is an aggressive four-checking coach, so I don't know. We'll see. Makes it tough. It does. So did you have Winnipeg next?
0: Um. Let's see. Did I Winnipeg? Okay. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs>
1: I, comes I, I, I feel like
0: it, it's either make the playoffs this year or shut the fuck up for good, Winnipeg. Right? Like, Yep.
1: yep. This is,
0: you know, under this. Under last this year was a
1: disappointing year for them. Yep, but under this management, this is the best roster they've got constructed in regards to they don't have a gaping hole somewhere down the roster. And they have a stack load of RFAs coming up after this year. So they need to know this year who's good, who's not, who to keep, who to get rid of. And they need to try and find out by at least going a couple of rounds in the playoffs.
0: I mean, part of that Brian Little signing, if you want to say it makes sense, is you kept them to be good right now. Correct. So I, I love their forward group. If they are willing to make room for some of the younger guys. Um, I mean, Patrick Laine is one of the younger guys. I think he's found a spot on the lineup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nikolai Ehlers is very underrated. Awesome player. I'm curious if Nick Patan will be uh, ready for prime time. Uh, Kyle Connor is another good draft pick.
1: I want to see if Marco Dano gets a crack to be the Marco Dano It looked like he was going to be.
0: Yeah, as Columbus sample, he had a really great points per 60 at even strength, 2.38 or something. It was really good. It was like for 40 games, but he really hasn't stuck anywhere since, so it makes you wonder.
1: Yeah, I, and that's the thing. Like I'm curious. This, this particular team is a, a great spot for him to play with quality players up and down the lineup like they are. Pretty deep at, at forward in regards to who they can deploy. Yeah, we haven't even
0: brought up Scheifele or Wheeler, who are both oh. excellent.
1: Yeah, so there's there's depth there's depth down that lineup. Now, if the coaching staff doesn't take, you know, the traditional route that this particular coach usually does in regards to what he thinks the lineup should be, and tries to play with three lines that want to drive the puck forward. Guys like and is should do pretty well.
0: Perot, good player. Yeah. And basically you're looking at Bufflin and Truba playing big minutes in, on different pairings. Those those guys are both really good. Tyler Myers, yeah, that contract's not very good, but it's there, whatever. A third-pairing role for him, probably
1: not a terrible thing. See, so if you could play him as a third-pairing Defenseman, and in your head ignore the 5.5 that's that's carried along with that, you'll probably get pretty good production out of him. So in regards to what happens for this team this year, that's what you want to try and think about if you're in the pick. Don't go, oh, he's only played 13 minutes a night, but we're paying him 5.5 mil. It's like, in that 13 minutes, is he being productive in possession? Is he being productive in points per 60? And if the answer to both of those two things is yes, then you should be reasonably happy with whoever the defensive coach is that's rolling that pairing out.
0: Yeah, Enstrom's always been good, but he's he's quite old now, and I just don't understand the Kulikov thing.
1: No, nobody can. I mean, it's not a Girardi signing, but the philosophy behind it's the same.
0: Steve Mason can only be better than what they've gotten, and that's what you said is so true. That just the goaltending has sunk them.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm banking my Winnipeg making the playoffs based around that, and
0: yeah, I'm banking so, it on great forwards,
1: solely that really two really good
0: right year, defensemen
1: and average goaltending. Last year's team wasn't terrible. Last year's goaltending was. And I, I have I put my faith in, in Nick Mercadonte that Steve Mason is at least average, and that will be bet, that will be good enough for them. Like you look at the year they made the playoffs, uh, it was Hutchinson that went on an absolute tear, wasn't it? That's what got him into the playoffs. He, he replaced Pavlik and he just went on an absolute gangbusters tear. Um, so the team in front of the goaltending is good enough if they get league average. That's all I need and I think they'll make it. If
0: they don't you know
1: There should be some serious there should be some serious consideration for some changes, whether that's management or a roster, because something's gone wrong.
0: Well, I think I would have had Nashville next, but we've already chatted about them. We have two teams left. Who is winning this division? I, say, I still don't know.
1: I am gonna go. A team that has
0: played in Minnesota at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's let with that one. I'm gonna say the current iteration of that Minnesota team.
0: So we're picking Minnesota at the top?
1: Yep. I, I can
0: be I could be sold either way.
1: Yeah, well, so could I.
0: I am going to agree because Bruce Boudreaux seems to do his thing.
1: Yeah, what happens after they win the division is up uh, for debate, but I think they'll win it.
0: I didn't really care for the Pominville-Scandella trade, I'll, I'll say that.
1: Yeah, that's great for um, Buffalo.
0: Because Pominville, he had a really quietly successful year. Yeah. He's, he's always been a very good player. I used to love watching him in Rochester the year of the, of the lockout. He, he he was awesome. Goaltending for them, pretty good. Defensively, even without Scandella, should be fine.
1: Well, it helps that Suda can rack up 28 minutes a night. You
0: might want to start thinking about lowering I, that. but
1: yeah, I, I'm not saying they should do it, but they probably... Probably well, will. I mean, Boudreau just rides his star. That's that's what he does. He trusts the guys that get paid and trusts the guys that are good and, and rides them out. Whether that means that they die in the arse at the end of the year, well, it's his choice. But, you know, I mean, they've got Matt Cullen, so everything will be fine.
0: Yeah, that was a good signing. It was. So although I nothing... yeah, say this, Matt Cullen became like a mini cult figure in pittsburgh with the dad yes, stuff he but he wasn't he wasn't winning his on-ice battles what what makes matt cullen a good still a good fourth line center is that he can still produce points at at least a third line level pushing towards second line level with his when, moments. He,
1: when he's getting beaten possessionally so you can't if you're gonna get beaten positionally you need to produce points. That's been your argument for quite a while on the podcast. So he does that. He does that really well. Um,
0: Unless you're Vanek and you get crushed that bad, and even if you point out your ass, it's still probably
1: not good enough. Yeah. Well. Bye bye TV. Um, it's the thing. The thing with Cullen though is that it will only be four to minutes on this. Roster. Yeah, and that's fine. So that's And that's fine. So even if he does get completely caved in, what is it? They can reduce his minutes to, what, eight minutes a night and have him play on the penalty kill? So it's not going to be a total disaster for them if that's the case. This, this team doesn't have anyone that jumps out at me that says, yeah, I want to go and watch them play, except for maybe Nino. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they're just kind of... the th- you know, above average in a
1: lot of places. And the other thing is, like, you look at Charlie Coyle, right? Everyone's been expecting Coyle to sort of have a breakout year and be better than what he currently is. He's 25 now. I think what you get with Coyle is what you get. I don't think he's going to be anything more than he is now. So this is just a deep roster. But that's fine for $3.2 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not I'm not saying that, that the deal's poor or anything like that, but this roster's not gonna be much different from the way it performed last year. They're gonna be good, they're gonna be deep, they'll roll you with four lines and three pairs, and Dubnik will be at least league average. It's a pretty good formula for success in the regular season
0: can't help but laugh i see on cap friendly that a' is 33 and then i keep scrolling on my phone to the right he's got seven years left on this thing
1: yeah that thing, <laughs> that thing just doesn't stop it just keeps going so oh my
0: god 13 fucking year contracts
1: well it's the same As they had start?
0: to write that into the cva to save these guys yeah yep it the is. gms yeah i ain't gonna be here in 13 years fuck it sign them
1: <laughs> let's do it for the now. you know but it's another reason another reason to change that salary structure. eric
0: stahl great signing hopefully yep. for them he can continue what he did i really yes. like michael grandlin
1: so this, and... this is the question does does mickey koivu fall off from being the number one center now and you just give that to grandlin
0: uh, yeah probably
1: i mean you, you know what i mean they could
0: they could roll three pretty even top nine lines probably. Yep,
1: yep. and that's probably gonna serve them well and you just whoever plays the most minutes on the nights the, the line that's playing the best, I suppose. If Tyler
0: Ennis can somehow like stay on the ice and not get concussed. I mean certainly skilled. I've seen him play a yeah. lot of hockey here in western New York.
1: He can certainly stretch the gap of teams with his speed as well, so he can create space in the neutral zone for his teammates.
0: You know, in Buffalo, <laughs> I leaned on him a lot, and in this situation, it uh, shouldn't be the case. No. So, yeah, I got no problem saying that they're going to win the division, but, again, I don't have much confidence in picking any of this.
1: No, this division sucks for predictions. You you could confidently say you'd expect Chicago to win it. It's just not the case anymore.
0: No, definitely not. Um, You know, on our final team, who I think we both have in second.
1: Yep. There's
0: another team that has to, much like Winnipeg, better better get going right now.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. They've set themselves up to to win it now, and I mean that Regulov of contract is a uh, let's win it in the next couple of years. Because... Well, even the Ben
0: contract's not terrific. No, I I, I, I I get it. They they really didn't have a choice with that. But you need to win now with nine point five million times forever. Six or seven. He's twenty eight. I mean that's uh, like I said. You can't not give him that one because he's that that good.
1: Yeah, but Spezza's timing, 34.
0: Those... Still like Spezza. I've always liked him. So this Sagan has two more years on his I'm playing underpriced deal.
1: So they're going to have two deals where they, they should let Spezza walk, obviously. But they're going to have two deals in Ben and Sagan who are going to be getting paid a stack load of money at the back end of that deal that they're not going to be able to provide value for. At least, at least I don't think Ben will because of the way he plays. Maybe Tyler Sagan can, you know, maybe he he's fall away from his peak is so minuscule, you know, that he Joe Thornton's at his way through the back end of his contract. Um, but that's going to be tough in a few years' time. But in relation to this year, this team this team is set up really well to do really really well. In 2017-18, yeah. yeah.
0: Radek-Foxa should be a good uh, third-line center.
1: Yeah, I like the Hansel. I like Hansel being there,
0: you know. Yeah, three years they got out of that pretty okay. Defensively, you know, still not the best, but I think Klingberg and Mathat make up a, a interesting pairing there. And uh, if Hamuse can still play a little bit, Esselindel.
1: It's, it all comes down to the young guys.
0: Steven Jones it's, is going to yeah. have to be good.
1: And at 25, are you going... Is what he is all we are going to get? Or is there room for improvement on that? Because, you know, he's... And I'm just having a look through their list of unknowns, and I don't see a name that jumps out at me that says I'm expecting to see anybody come up. Uh, Julius Honka maybe.
0: Yeah, Honka. Um, Honka was bandied about on Twitter. I think Tyler Dello and uh, some other folks were talking about him. But Honka should be able to play in the NHL. Looking at this uh, roster.
1: I just want to hear. I just want to hear Dale Ray get there and say, "It's a goal, Honka Honka." <laughs>
0: Bishop, Crazy. another one of those contracts that they're in a win now. So yeah. they're in win now. We have them in second place. Anything can happen in the playoffs. So
1: they have they're... ten point the, eight mil in the goaltending position. It's so funny. Oh,
0: last year of it though.
1: True, and actually, it, you could say that they've got twelve point. Top point three mil if you count the 1.5, they're paying Anthony Niemi to play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that is That's true. amazing. Their goaltending position, Jim Neal, for all the praise that he gets for certain things that he's done with this franchise, their goaltending has really been a mess. So he's hoping that Ben Bishop 1 stays healthy, and if he doesn't, Kerry Lettman is at least league average.
0: I just, um, they used to be uh, one of my go-to watches and it's, I just don't see it with Ken Hitchcock. Probably won't be watching too many other games if it's the same old, that Hitchcock bullshit that you see. I yep. just have no interest in watching his teams play hockey.
1: That, I, I suppose that's the, the worry for me is that they've grown from a team that wanted to push the and push the puck and score. And last year's roster was depleted with injuries and just couldn't stay in one piece. And it all went pear-shaped for them, to suddenly going, well, it's the coaching style that that did us in. Hitchcock is is going to look great on this team in two years, so if they don't win it in two years, he'll be on the arse anyway. But what he asks his teams to do is physically challenging. If, If they're worried about this team staying in one piece, the way he coaches is not a method of, of, of hockey on the ice that I would want to throw at my players. How's he and Regilov gonna get along?
0: <laughs>
1: that's that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Same with Tyler Sagan, you know he gets accused of of being a little shallow in his back checks at times, that never goes well with Hitchcock. Same with Spezza. I just, I don't, I wish coaches like him were out of the league.
0: Yep, I don't disagree. Well, that's the, um, perfectly predicted central.
1: <laughs> it's yep. a fun
0: division to talk about, but, you know, if you're going to take these predictions seriously, I guess that's on you.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, crazy ass bastards.
0: So, all right. Well, one more division
1: left. Yeah, you know, people reckon the Metro is going to be the toughest decision to division to pick, but I think it's the Central. I think they're well, both think tough. The Metro is a tough division because you. Yeah, you. I
0: mean. I'm leaning towards putting Pittsburgh at the top, but like, it's only because Washington came down the way they did. I, they don't have a third-line yeah. center, so we'll talk all about that
1: next week. They still don't have we, one. Well, so. And I think the last couple of years have proved that you don't have to win the division to to win the whole thing, even prior to Pittsburgh's tilt
0: not for nothing, has Pittsburgh won the division on any other five?
1: No, and the one that they absolutely destroyed the league on, everyone in Pittsburgh hates the Islanders. So, you know, how that works. It must be a mental block in Pittsburgh if they win the division.
0: Yeah, the 93 team was awesome, but, you know,
1: Tommy B, got to stop that shot. Yes, he should. Jeez, there's a surprise! Championship Pittsburgh team destroyed by goaltending.
0: <laughs> My brother actually just said that. He's been seeing flurry at the rink because uh, he's in Vegas. So,
1: what did he say? I think he was playing pickup. What? He was just skating around, or he was keeping pickup.
0: I'm trying to pull it up right now. I can skate almost. They have a group that rents the ice. Oh, he said he's he can skate almost every day now that they have the rink, and uh, he has a group that rents the ice, and Flurry stayed on after this week with them. Oh, cool. Yeah, Fle- I mean, there's never any doubt that Flurry was going to be a, the, the the right personality uh, to endear him, the, the the hockey yeah. team to to that community so there we go there's a a real example of it (laughs) inside information
1: gee so we've got an insider yeah connection to the podcast how lucky are we
0: assuming he's not fucking lying
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey he's your brother you're gonna know
0: nah wouldn't wouldn't
1: make that up. Well it's, uh, You got the shit door open again, haven't you? The what? You got the shit door open again, haven't you? I'm in the garage again, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I need to use the correct North American term. You have got the garage door open again, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I uh it's been uh <laughs> it was in the eighties again today, so I'm gonna live the garage life once we uh
1: Nothing wrong with that.
0: Got some vodka here, and, yep. Not going to really really think about my central predictions after
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing. We had chainsaws when I was over in Victoria. We've got cars driving past for you. There's always something going on in the background of this bloody podcast.
0: Ah, those were motorcycles. Oh, were they? There you go. Yeah.
1: All right, let's wrap this thing up so you can go and enjoy your... uh the last end of your summer afternoons evenings uh, all right, you can find me at Walshy66 you can find him at Gunner Store, we've got at Hockey underscore Hertz on Twitter, we're also on Facebook um, you can find us on Patreon, just search for Hockey Hertz there if you want to help contribute to the podcast um, we also have, uh, I said Facebook did I?
0: you did but you can mention it again,
1: yes I always seem to forget that one. I'll do it twice. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, you've managed to get me through a very boring and ill winter. So we're almost ready to start watching this sport again.
0: Yeah, and uh, HockeyBuzz.com, even though... Oh, um, yeah, good point. You know, my work schedule drastically changed this fall. For, for the better for me, but... The, the, I, I just don't have quite the time that I've usually had and, you know, There's nothing about. I, I can't guarantee there'll be seven a, a week anymore, but I'll try my best to, you know, keep up with it. I know training camp's starting, but, you know, selfishly speaking, training camp's never been too interesting to me.
1: Well, one thing that is good, I think, the 29th of September, those of us that like numbers can rejoice because there may be the new the new version. Of course, the corrupt to start using And his fingers crossed that Manny isn't going to die from people telling him that it's crap.
0: I uh, he tweeted out a, a yacht signed this guy a Yager thing, and if the screenshot was from his new site, it looks pretty sharp.
1: Yeah, I think he's worked himself to the bone on this one I think I'm hoping that it it comes out and everybody lays off him a little bit because he's the last resource at the moment in regards for us to be able to collect numbers and do what we want to do with them Um, you know unlike the visualizations that that Micah does which are fantastic the data that's right there in front of you with with Micah you can't go in and dive into the numbers yourself and try and see if you've got a, a pretext that's right or whether you're reading something wrong
0: yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be more motivated once Corsica comes back. It's just, um, since hockey analysis went down, it's just, whatever. And that's, I mean, I use natural stat trick, uh, quite a bit for certain things, but it's not quite,
1: um
0: there. the war on ice and Corsica did all the, the extreme newer stuff. Well, uh, Good layout and uh, the rolling averages and those kind of charts, but hockey analysis was where I would go if I, I if I just needed basic quick information on advanced stats. The site would load lightning quick, and the with or without use were always there, uh, just to see. Not even with or without use for the Corsi, but just who who did this player play with the most. Yeah. Or who did they play against the most? And you could easily pull that up. And,
1: you know, that's been lacking. Um, it is one of those things where in the, oh, I hate using the word, analytics community, it's the question of what's more important, quality of competition, quality of teammate, which one affects somebody's output more.
0: Probably the teammate, but I think the current way we gauge quality of competition probably undersells the importance of that.
1: Yeah, so you need to sort of have both to be able to get a, uh, a good overall view of, of what goes on. If you see people cherry picking a, a stat consistently, they're deliberately ignoring something else. So, you know, being able to have access to those numbers again. Hopefully, will enable, um, you know, people like yourself, and I'll probably start using them again too, um, to go and have a look at the numbers and, and try and see where teams are playing well or where they're getting pulled apart, and which players are the the problem in that in that scenario.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look forward to getting high danger save percentage back.
1: So am I, actually. <laughs> so, all right.
0: I think we're really going to go this time.
1: Yeah. Sorry, guys. Talk
0: soon. See you.